Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Building Roman's Empire Podcast, where we talk about real deals, and uh, I actually bring you some value every single week or every other week. And in today's episode, guys, it's a special one because it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be about um, how to buy a company vehicle and pay less taxes. So this is actually a tax hack. We're talking about a tax hack here on how to save money on taxes by buying a vehicle. It sounds crazy, but there's a loophole in the system and we're going to break it down and on today's podcast, guys. But I also want to mention if you haven't checked out number 12, so this is episode number 13, but if you haven't checked out number 12, that was a that was a hit. Got a lot of downloads on that one. Um, I broke down my negotiating process with sellers to get the best deals. So go back and check that one out, guys. Um, and as always, you know, if you like, if you like my podcast, hit the follow and bell button so you get notified every single time I drop a new podcast, which is usually on Wednesdays. All right, guys, let's uh, head right into the news where I break down my news and then we'll do the main topic. Okay, so uh, the news. All right, so what's going on with me and my business right now? We're still. Um, waiting to close on the Airbnb. Um, currently, work we're in like the development stage of that. We're working out all the systems, figuring out how we're gonna how we're gonna communicate with um, the guests. Uh, we're trying to set up our SOPs for cleaning and stuff like that. So it's fun. It's a new it's a new thing that we're doing, and uh, I like it because it's interesting. It's new. It's fun. It's a challenge. So I'll, uh, once we get going on that, and even the rehab on the Airbnb is going to be way different than like a flip or a regular rental. So I'm going to like do designated podcasts just on that alone because there's so much to know in the Airbnb business. <coughs> now, also, we did just sell um, a wholesale condo. I think I mentioned it in the last podcast where we had to re-wholesale it. Like we took it off the market, uh, painted the kitchen, put a new light fixture in there and like spruced it up a little bit, kind of staged it and put it back on the market. Well, I'm here to tell you guys that it worked. Okay. We should have done that in the first place, but we like cheaped out, I guess. So by re-wholetailing it, by doing those couple little things that I mentioned, um, especially like repainting the kitchen white, that was big. That's what sold the house. We put it back on the market after re-wholetailing it and, uh, and literally sold it that day that it, we put it on the market. So not a huge profit margin on that one. Um, I think it's going to be, it's, it's actually not a lot. It's going to be like 15K or so. Um, I'm actually going to do a podcast case study on that one uh, to let you guys know all the lessons that I learned um, from that wholetail and then how we had to re-wholetail it. And um, I think it's important to not just talk about the wins, but also like, you know, the base hits, not the deals that didn't crush it, you know. So, um, all right, next is we have uh, another condo under construction. That one should be finishing up. The kitchen just got delayed. Like everything else is getting delayed. Like we had our construction timeline set and the kitchen got delayed. So now everything's getting pushed back. But that's all right. And then uh, we're starting We're starting our um, farmhouse project. Now that one's big. That one's going to be nice, fully gutted. That's going to be so nice. It's on five plus acres of land. And it's in a class A++ neighborhood. It's going to be a mo- modern farmhouse theme. 
uh, on the rehab. Um, that's going to be a, not only a fun project, but it's going to be a high profit margin. I, I, I'm just sensing that because of uh, the demand in the market for like those type of modern farmhouses and people that want land in today's uh, society. It's 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 crazy. Everyone's moving out to you know the country. So, all right. So that's that on the news. Um, so yeah, like I said, we're closing. We're 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 about to start the farmhouse, and then we got. Two more, two more in the, in the wings that we're going to be starting soon. So that's it for the news, guys. Let's go right into my our main topic. All right, guys, main topic. So here it is. Did you know that you can actually buy a car, a new car, used car, it doesn't matter, and you can write off the whole purchase price of the vehicle um, under your business and pay less taxes for that year? Or... You can write off the whole purchase price of the vehicle over three or five years and pay less taxes over three or five years. Just like you depreciate a house or a rental property that you own, you can do the same thing with the vehicle. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. I'm sure you you probably heard about Section 179 exemption um, and bonus depreciation, but nobody ever probably um, has broken down in the way that I'm going to break it down to you guys. Um, like I see a lot of real estate investors, flippers and gurus and social media influencers do a, like a reel or like a 30 minute, 30 second video on this. Oh, I just bought this car, wrote it off under my business and, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm so cool. But um, but I but there's just a lot more to it than than just a quick video that gets a bunch of likes and um, comments on their Lamborghini or whatever. So um, there, there's actually a process behind it, and there's certain criteria you have to meet as a business owner to be able to do this. And um, and most people are just not going to tell you any of this, okay? But I did the research. I did a lot, of, a lot of research, and the reason I, I'm even doing this podcast is because I just did this. I just bought a truck, and and I was doing a lot of research, talking to my CPA. I had like two meetings with my CPA before I made this decision, so I it's fresh in my mind, and I have a lot um, that I still remember from the process that I want to share with you guys. So if you uh, are looking to buy a new vehicle, or if maybe. Um, you're just thinking about it, or maybe you're not, but it's it's good knowledge to know for the future if you're a business owner. So, all right, here it is. Let's get into the nuts and bolts of um, how to do this, okay? And then, and then at the end, I'll give you my final thoughts and conclusion, but I'll also give you real life numbers on on my purchase of my truck. Um, and so just so you guys can see, like, does it make sense? Does it really make sense doing it? And you'll be surprised to know the answer. Okay, so let's start with this. So what is this loophole, Section 179? Like, what is this? All right, well, I'm going to read straight from the IRS website to you guys. So the Section 179 deduction applies to tangible personal property such as machinery and equipment purchased for use um, in a trade or a business. So machinery or equipment. So basically, a vehicle does qualify as machinery or equipment. So when you buy a vehicle for your business, um, you can write it off. Now, um, there are some some guidelines you have to meet. First of all, you have to have a business, all right? So if you're in real estate and you're operating under an LLC um, or an S-corporation, which is 
basically an LLC just taxes an S corp, uh, you can definitely do this. You you know you have to have an LLC registered with the states. You have to have an operating agreement uh, in place just to show someone like, hey, I actually have a legitimate business. And when you do run your business, all your income you have to take your income. In, into the business name and into the business bank account. So it has to be a legitimate business, first of all. All right. Now, what are the other requirements? So the car has to be used for business pers- uh, purposes. Um, now, it, now, you can drive your car to do whatever, but you have to label it or tell um, the IRS that it's used for business purposes. Okay. And it, now the second thing is it has to be owned by the business as well. So you'll hear some gurus tell you that, um, oh, it doesn't have to be owned by the business guys. You know, you just buy it in your personal name and still write it off. But I'm telling you, if you get audited, that will come back and bite you in the ass because to do it right and to utilize this exemption correctly, you have to um, you have to have this vehicle owned by the business. All right. Now, the uh, next thing that has to be met is the G- GVWR. So basically gross vehicle weight has to be 6,000 pounds or more. But the minimum is 6,000 pounds. So if your vehicle's uh, gross weight is less than that, then it doesn't qualify. All right. So this is something you have to Google and research whatever vehicle you're buying. You know, my truck was like 7,000 pounds, so it definitely qualifies. So, and this is the reason, like, if you guys, like, going back to Instagram gurus, if you see all these Instagram gurus posting um, uh, pictures of their G-Wagon, the Mercedes G-Wagon, that's because because that vehicle actually qualifies. It's over 6,000 pounds. So a lot of rich people, if you notice, or business owners drive those G-Wagons because they're owned in the company name because they get that full bonus depreciation, okay? It's a game that they play. It's a loophole in the system that we have to take advantage of as business owners. And, um, And that's exactly what I did. So passing the knowledge on to you guys. All right. So now that you have a business that you have, um, you know, the vehicle is used for business purposes. It's owned by the business and it meets the criteria of six thousand pounds. I want to tell you guys some negatives like this is what actually held me back from ever doing this because I didn't do my research. I didn't know enough. But I heard people saying like, oh, well, you know, your insurance is going to go up because it's a commercial vehicle now and your interest rates on your loan is going to go up. Yes, it, it, it does go up. Absolutely, it does. But you have to look at the cost-benefit analysis. So so check this out. So I just bought my truck, right? Yes, I did buy it in my company name. Um, so my insurance, it had to be a commercial insurance policy. So I just called up my insurance guy. He said, listen, put this on my commercial insurance policy because this vehicle is owned by the business. So yeah, the insurance did go up. I don't know, a typical vehicle for me is like $600. A year, okay. This truck, a commercial vehicle, um, was uh, what? What was it? Like thirteen hundred, okay. So it's like seven hundred dollars more per year. All right, that you're paying in insurance now. Interest rate. So on the typical vehicle purchase in you know twenty twenty two, you could probably get like a four point five percent interest rate. Well, I paid like a six point seven percent interest rate. All right. So I broke down the math and it's it was like a hundred some dollar difference per month. 
So, so I looked, I looked at all that, and I said, okay, I'm paying seven hundred dollars more insurance. I'm paying uh, a couple, a thousand, let's say thirteen hundred dollars more uh, per year in interest. But what are what are the benefits? So let's break down the benefits. On a eighty thousand dollar, and this is what it's all about, right here, guys. This is the whole. Um, like is the is the juice worth the squeeze? It, it's it. That's what I'm about to tell you right now. Okay, so let let me give you guys the actual example of what I'm doing uh, as a bonus depreciation. How I'm depreciation. I'm depreciating my eighty thousand dollar truck all in one year. Okay, so um, let's break it down. On the eighty thousand dollar truck, you can depreciate eighty thousand dollars all in one year in 2022. If you're in the 35% tax bracket, which is what I am, you you can pay um, $28,000 less in taxes, okay? So by buying an $80,000 truck, you're paying $28,000 less in taxes. That's based on the 35% tax bracket. You can do the math. So that's $28,000 in your pocket, all right, by buying an $80,000 truck, you're putting $28,000 in your pocket. On top of that, on top of that, okay, you are depreciating. Um, uh, so, so that that what I just explained was bonus depreciation, where I took all my depreciation of a truck in, in one year, and I put $28,000 in my pocket because I'm not giving it to the government now. I'm keeping that money, all right? Now, here's the, here's the other bonus. If you're on the cusp, let's say you're like, you're, you, let's say you're around four hundred fifty thousand dollars a year on in your business. If you're on the cusp, or you can, um, you know, where you can be in the thirty-five percent tax bracket, or you can be in 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 the thirty percent tax bracket. Um, this is where it makes a lot of sense doing this strategy, because if you can buy an eighty thousand dollar truck, forty fifty thousand dollar truck. And bonus depreciate it all in one year and get knocked down from 35 to 30. Now you saved even more money. Now that $28,000 becomes $38,000 in your pocket. You see what I'm saying? You're, you're, you're going down a notch on the tax bracket. So I believe $600,000 a year is the 40% tax bracket, if I'm not mistaken. I, they always change this. But, but if, let's say, you're at $600,000, and you, you don't want to be in the 40% bracket. You want to be in the 35% bracket. This is maybe this is the time to go buy a truck, you know, and bonus depreciated in one year, get knocked down, put 28, 30 grand in your pocket um, of taxes that you would give to the government. But no, now I'm keeping that money and I'm in the lower tax bracket. So this is why um, this is why Grant, I don't know if you, you know the story. This is why Grant Cardone went out and bought a, a private jet. Because he didn't want to be in the higher tax bracket and he needed a ton of write-offs. So this is, you know, this is all this stuff gets purchased under a business name. It's it's a loophole, but also it's a strategy. So um, having said all this, guys, hopefully like you understand what I just explained to you, how why it makes sense. Um, here are my final thoughts and my uh, basically the conclusion of all this. So does it make sense to do this over long term? So let's say you, you buy this company vehicle and you hold it for five years. Well, you know, you might save a ton of money on that year one 
because you know the bonus you're taking a full purchase price as a write-off in that first year but is it going to make sense in year two three four and five well here's the thing you're you're still paying if you got a loan on the vehicle you're paying the principal and interest if you got a five-year loan you're still paying principal and interest over the span of five years so year one you save a ton of money right year one but year two, that doesn't apply anymore, okay? Year two, um, you're actually forking up money to pay for the truck. Now, in my example that I gave earlier before, where $80,000 truck on a 35% tax bracket is $28,000 in savings, well, if, you're, if your mortgage payment is about, uh, I'm sorry, if your car loan payment on the truck is about $1,200, um, that 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 basically that twenty eight thousand dollars that you put in your pocket will carry you through for the next two years. So basically, you're getting a truck or you're getting your company car for free for two years. Um, but then again, there's maintenance and expenses, and in year three, four, and five, you're still coming out of pocket because you are now still paying for the truck, you know, if you got a five-year loan. So in my opinion, in my personal opinion, it is a strategy um, to to use to save money when you actually need a new car, okay? But it's not something you guys should just go and do just because you can tell your friends, I use Section 179 depreciation ex- uh, exemption. Like, um, that's not what it's what it's there for. It's just a strategy if you need a new car or, you know, maybe your business is so advanced that you have a fleet of vehicles, maybe you have five or ten company cars, then yes, you can go out and execute the strategy. But don't do it if you don't need a new car because you're not actually like, you're not actually making money. You're At the end of the day, if you look at a five-year term, you're still spending money, all right? You're still forking up money at the end of the day. This is just a way, this strategy is just a way to spend less money and and keep more money in your pocket than you would have if you were just to go and buy it in your personal name. So that's all I'm telling you guys. I gave you the strategy that I researched and I used and and I literally just did this a week ago and um, I gave you the numbers on how much money it saved me today, like how much money it saved me in 2022 tax year. But it doesn't mean that it's going to be saving me that amount year two, three, four, and five. Those years is um, you're actually going to have to start paying for the truck. So um, I don't recommend doing this unless you know your business are. Uh, I don't recommend doing this if you're if you you don't have an advanced business basically. Okay, so you have to have an advanced business, um, and you you have to um, also you have to like utilize the tax bracket strategy. Where you know you want to get knocked down on from thirty five to thirty or from forty five to forty percent tax bracket, um, and you have to have a legitimate business that's operating and making good income. Then then it makes sense. But if you're just starting out or you have no you know no need for a company car, then then maybe the strategy is really not for you. Maybe there's something you can look at down the road. Um, but one final thought I will leave you guys with is this is why it's so important to actually have a CPA or an accountant that knows what the heck they're doing. Because these are real estate investment tax strategies that I learned from my CPA um, because that's basically what she specializes in. All her clients are just real estate clients. 
And this is why it's also so important to have an end of year tax strategy session. All right. So what I do is I'll sit down with my CPA at the end of every year. We'll look at we'll look at um, profit loss statements and income expense statements for all my businesses for the whole year. And we will see like, okay, where are we at in income? We'll sit down, we'll kind of approximate it through three quarters. In the fourth quarter, we'll usually do this. And we'll say, where are we at in income? All right, we are about this much. So this means you're you're going to be in this tax bracket. All right, what can we do? Are we on the cusp? All right, we're on the cusp. All right, what can we do to knock down? Let's let's knock us down to a, to a lower tax bracket. Um, and that's when we strategize. All right, should we file the taxes this way? Should you go buy a new truck? Um, should we take a bonus depreciation? Should we take accelerated depreciation on a couple of your rental properties? Um, what should we do? So this is why it's so important to have this end of the year tax meeting. And um, and yeah, I didn't I didn't learn this till you know obviously I started doing it because I I didn't feel like it was important enough. Uh, but when you hit a certain threshold in income, uh, you see that the government, they just keep coming after you. And um, I don't know if you guys know this, but the IRS just hired like 80,000, 87,000 new IRS agents. So they're going to be coming after um, everyone, not just the high, not just the high income earners, middle class. I'm talking about everyone. They're going to be coming after every single person. Um, on the audit. So you got to make sure you cross the T's and dot your I's, dot your I's with your CPA. You got to make sure that everything is legit. And also you got to make sure that you strategize your tax strategy ahead of time and you plan ahead of time because it's a constant game. For me, at least it's a constant game with the IRS. Um, How do we save money on taxes? How do we pay less taxes? What kind of loophole can we find? So, um, and, you know, this is just how it is. This is just how it is as a business owner. Tax code was written, and uh, we are not exploiting the system. We are using the, uh, the law to our advantage because the government actually wrote the law, right? They wrote these tax codes, not we. They wrote it. You just need an IRS. I mean, you just need a CPA that's knowledgeable enough knowledgeable enough in every single I call them loopholes but are they really loopholes if like they you know the government wrote that um, the government might just be in incentivizing you to do certain things like provide jobs and start businesses the government might just be incentivizing people that are entrepreneurs um, to do more entrepreneurial stuff and to take risks because um, let me tell you some you know Th- these rewards don't come without risk. High income earners didn't get there by chance. They took a lot of risk. So um, that's why I, I, I always, you know, I feel like the government knows this and they incentivize um, risk takers and they give us these, um, these, these write-offs that we can use and these depreciations, and especially in real estate, there's so many, there's so much stuff you can do in real estate. It's unbelievable. We we can do a whole podcast on this, not just a vehicle, but we can do a whole podcast on the depreciation you can take in real estate, um, and the different tax strategies. 
but all I'm saying is the government the government wrote these laws. They're incentivizing business owners, action takers, and risk takers, and we just got to take advantage of them. But at the same time, we do uh, business owners, high income earners. We do pay a lot in taxes. If I told you guys how much I pay in taxes, you wouldn't believe me. Um, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to stop trying to pay less. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And if I need to buy $80,000 truck, I will go out and do that. <laughs> uh, it's a bonus for me and it's, uh, it's a bonus for the business, I guess. All right, guys. Well, um, hopefully, um, hopefully this strategy makes sense to you guys. And I gave you guys some personal opinion on, on the whole um, tax code stuff. And also, I hopefully I let you in on some of the secrets that nobody talks about in, uh, in this industry because everyone just wants to put a quick meme up or a quick reel up on Instagram, but not really break down the numbers and what it takes to actually buy a company vehicle. So um, hopefully you guys now understand and get a little glimpse into uh, what it takes. So go use that strategy in your business and save some money on taxes.